Hello and welcome to Matt Bites, episode 67. I'm Mike Thomas, I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles. And in this episode, WWDC Roundup, Office on your iPad, and Elaine dons a Barbarella outfit to do battle with Amazon. Just a minute. I'm sure the Barbarella outfit is in your mind. But anyway, moving on. We heard from Minster, and he was a very, very happy boy. So we had a lovely picture of a very happy Minster. So far, so good. But then next week was mentioned, and Minster mentioned he'd set a reminder for a new show. Incidentally, that would be this show. Anyway, Mac by Siri didn't feel he was showing sufficient commitment to the cause and suggested a tattoo. That was when it all became a bit Twin Peaks bizarre, with Minster posting a photo that could only have taken inspiration from the title of last week's show, Nude and Hairy. Yes, I've seen that picture, and I wouldn't mention Minster and Twin Peaks in the same breath. Well, no. Well, put it like this. Siri was sporting a temperature warning within seconds of viewing it. So in the style of Pin the Tail on the Donkey... We can all now play Pin the Tattoo on the Minster. I'm seeing, sensing a competition for the MacBiters here. You know, like Spot the Ball? Uh, no, no. Swiftly moving on, I think. Yes, it was WWDC. Can I do an ultra-fast roundup? Ooh. Just a minute. Shouldn't I be opening the show? You've had a starring role on MacBytes for months. Apple are only just catching up. And yes, Tim, invoice in the post. So, back to WWDC. We had a MacBytes Live. It was the best yet. There were almost 200 MacBiters in the live chat and more on the audio-only feed travelling home. So thank you very, very much for being with us. It wouldn't have been the same without you. Absolutely, it wouldn't. Now, of course, WWDC, I've got to say this up front. There's no new eye work. Just how long can they make a girl wait? Well, since it's unlikely you'll be tempted to the dark side with PowerPoint, <laughs> as long as they like, I'd guess. Oh, you're not wrong. Anyway, onward. New kit. Phil Schiller. Could have done with a new microphone, I thought. Yes, there was a, a lot of rustling, wasn't there? I, I don't know where that came from. No, it didn't look like it was coming from his microphone, but it, it was definitely when he was moving. I thought he was a little bit faster as he went. And um, lovely, lovely new kit. But And people aren't going to believe this. But I'm going to say, nothing to buy. No, nothing for me to buy either. Hmm. That's not unusual, but it is unusual. <laughs> There's nothing for me to buy. If they'd have put that Retina display on a MacBook Air, it would have been on its way by now. I'm sure it would. It would, yes. The thing was, I mean, it's beautiful. The, the Retina display looks absolutely fantastic. But I wasn't in the market for a 15-inch MacBook Pro until they showed me the one with the Retina display. <laughs> and then I must admit, I did think twice and I had to catch myself and say... Just a minute. You you had said you wanted, you know, if you're going for a laptop, it would be a much smaller one. Why are you now contemplating this 15 inch because it's got this screen on it? And then, of course, I watched the video again and thought, no, I'm right. It's lovely. So I had to say, no, nothing to buy. So I haven't bought any new kit yet. <laughs> I wanted an 11 inch MacBook Air, but I wanted it with a retina display. What you need is uh, a build your own package, don't you? Oh, I do. Yes. Definitely, we'll I do. We'll take the retina so, from here, and we'll take mm. the 11-inch the from here, and we'll take this from here, and we'll take iWork 12. Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned iWork no, 12. No, don't right? mention iWork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it will come, obviously. They, they started off with retina display on the phone, and then the iPad, and now a laptop. It will come, eventually. Apple never seemed to be in as much of a rush as I'm in. That's the problem. No. But there were some new toys. They um, updated Aperture and Final Cut Pro 10. Um, Aperture. Bit of hysteria, wasn't there? There was. Yes, yeah. people were expecting four or wanting four and then disappointed. But I'd say Apple are trying to do away with the version numbers. I know we go on about iWork 09, but actually, didn't they take the number away when they put it in the Mac App Store? I think... Uh, yeah, it just says like Keynote, doesn't it? Yeah, when you buy it, it doesn't actually say. There is a version number in there, obviously. Every piece of software has a version number, but not... You know, it's just there with the information, with the meta information for the app. It's not staring you in, in the face saying this is the 09 version. It's just Pages or it's just Keynote. So maybe they're going down that route and it will be just be Aperture. A little bit like Chrome. Who cares what version number you're running? They change them that often. You really don't care anymore. 
And I'd say, I think for a start, that's the way Apple are going. And I think these big software launches every 18 months or two years for companies, they feel a bit dated. We discussed this about Adobe. It didn't go well. It's one event over 18 months to two years. Why? And, and of course, if they've got features that they've created after two, three months, what are they supposed to do with them? Hold them back for two years or just bring out a little point update? So I can see the benefit of both ways, to be honest. And the update to Aperture wasn't as small as some people were making out because for a start, it now needs Lion. But I'm, I was when I said hysteria, it was people sort of saying, well, all they've done is change the icons. And I don't think that's true. I think they've done a lot of work under the hood and um, it's still got reference to Mobile Me in it. And I've just had my there's 14 days before I terminate you email. So there must be something coming within 14 days anyway, even if it's just another little point update. So um, less hysteria, I think. Not a problem. If it works for you, then use it. If it doesn't, use something else. Um, the Unified Library freaked me out because I read it on some blogs and they implied a merged library. They didn't. Although the term unified was there, they mentioned merging libraries and it freaked me out because I don't use iPhoto for photos. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't know if you use it that way, but because it has a media browser that appears in other applications. So you go into Keynote, you go into Pages and you, you get this media browser. You know, you can point it to iPhoto and obviously what they're thinking is you'll drag and drop photos in, but I don't. I use it for podcast assets. And the thought of those being merged with my photos in Aperture freaked me out. But no, it didn't mean that at all. It did mean that they just changed the format of the library. And now either library can be opened by either application, which is much nicer, to be honest. It is because it means that, you know, you've got the choice uh, whether you want to go down the, what we call Aperture Pro app. Oh, Aperture is definitely a pro yeah, app. Whether you want to go down the pro app side or whether you want to go down the uh, the prosumer side, if you want to call iPhoto that, you can then open your same library in in either i actually don't use either app um i just keep my photos on a in a folder on a drive and i use acdc or bridge just to to open them to preview them but then you have no pretensions to being a photographer well no but actually, I'd like to keep my photos in, in folder structures anyway. I would never take my photos, put them in any kind of library, in any application, and then delete the originals. No way. No, you're asking so I, for trouble, aren't you? I definitely would never, ever do that. Um, but actually, it has more uses than you would imagine. You're thinking about people um, upgrading to Aperture, so going to Aperture from iPhoto. But actually, there, there are occasions when you may want to go the other way which was, you know, when I demoed photo books, one of the webinars? Yeah. Although there are photo books in um, Aperture, there are far more in terms of styles that you may want to work with in calendars and cards and stuff in iPhoto. So now you can do all the work in Aperture and then open up the same library and get your products. So I can see that that really is bi-directional. So I think that's a really good idea, but it's amazing how I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I always seem to be surprised when I read stuff on the blogs and think, oh, my word, no, no, no. And then I actually research it myself and actually they've they've got the whole story all wrong. Yeah. So unified does not mean merged, which was what I read. I read the word merged <laughs> and freaked. But no, it wasn't that bad. So um, I've updated Aperture. I'm going to venture into it again. <laughs> it, it may not end well. It didn't last time, but I'm going to try again. I have a completely new Aperture library on a completely new install. So watch this space. I'm going to give it another go with some of my Canon images. I know I'm crazy. But then there was the highlight of WWDC for you, wasn't there? Was there? <laughs> there was. You said you liked Mountain Lion. Well, yes, I like Mountain Lion. Um, whether I... I don't know. I think it was just like, um, an, an, uh, what do we say? Selling the dream. It, oh, one of those. Yeah, one of those. It was like, you know, you look at it and, and you say, yes, yeah, it's, it's a new operating system and there's lots, lots of new features in there. But having actually sat back and thought about it and, and actually gone and looked at the 200 plus new features, um, I probably wouldn't use 195 of them. You've changed your mind. I've changed my mind, as I always do. It's my prerogative, dear. <laughs> really? Okay, then. I thought the guy doing it was um, Craig Federici. He's the one. He was very good. I thought he was a very good presenter. 
very nice maybe, style to maybe it. that's what I meant what maybe that's what I meant when I said that was a highlight he was the best presenter um to me it was what I would call a dreamweaver demo which people might think what is she talking about um I've been to many, many Macromedia events and then Adobe events, and Dreamweaver is always the app that demos incredibly well. And when they demo it, you sit there jaw-dropping, thinking, Mesmerized. wow. Yeah, because what you're thinking is, if this worked the way they're showing it, it would make my development time, it would cut it in half. It's fantastic. You know, I'm getting live previews, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. And I literally sit there with these demos, and I want it to be true. I do. And this has gone back to, I think it was about 1997. I sort of saw my first Dreamweaver demo. And my only question to them was, have you fixed the bit that was broken? And they said no. And I thought, fantastic. And so they were actually acknowledging that there was a bit in, in the app that was broken. And with this bit that was broken, it meant I just couldn't use it. It was unusable. And I thought, well, why are you adding all these bells and whistles on if you don't actually fix that original problem? And every time I see Dreamweaver demoed, I fall for it again. I sit there mesmerised thinking, if only. Oh, I want this to work. I want this to work. And then inevitably I get the trial version or I get Dreamweaver in the suite that I'm buying and I try it. And every time I'm disappointed. So a Dreamweaver demo is something that demos incredibly well. And then you try and use it and forget it. I'm thinking you're thinking now in the cold light of day, some of those features that seemed fantastic when he demoed them not quite so compelling yeah that's what i'm thinking although apparently save as is uh, coming back uh, yes very very hidden just as a, an option um that w it wasn't mentioned in the demo sadly because i think that given the audience you know people say wwdc developer audience i think people would have been happy to see that back yeah it's back just as a shortcut but as long as it's back i'm happy so uh, that that was nice to see that that was back but some of the other stuff Mm. I was a little bit suspicious of his demonstration. There was one point, and when we watched it, I wound it back and I said, watch what he's doing, listen to what he's saying, and look what happens. That was very poor, I thought. You know the bit I mean? I do know the bit you mean. He was demonstrating, tweeting from Notification Centre. So you could see the screen, and he bent down to his microphone, and he said... Uh, what there was a there was a word in there was it for or two it was of or from of, of i think or off showing showing off showing that's off. right so he wanted to tweet i'm showing off tweeting from notification center and that was what he said so he bent down and he said i'm showing off tweeting from notification center and what appeared on the screen didn't have the of in it showing off so it didn't have the off in it that had to be a can demo it looked like it, didn't it? It definitely looked like yeah. it. So if you're going to demo like that, do say the right script. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, it was like Microsoft did that, didn't they? They demoed um, speech features and it was terrible. The whole thing just collapsed. It went wrong. So I can imagine that you would have a canned demo, but at least stick to the script because what came up on the screen was not what he said. That's definitely a Dreamweaver demo, isn't it? <laughs> it worked in the, in the demo. Yes, it did. And then we came on to iOS 6. And you weren't impressed with that either, were you? It wasn't that I wasn't impressed, because you're making me out to be a right misery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this. No, it was um, the, the the kit that I've got. The you know I haven't got a 4S. I haven't got an, an iPad, Cyril. Um, Hang on. So it's not an imperative. Hang on. Violins. Right where you go. <laughs> It's not an imperative upgrade for me because, uh, you know, some of the stuff only works on the 4S and only works on the, the latest iPad. Mm. Yes, there is sort of a chart with all the ticks and crosses in it as to what works where. Um, I guess I'm lucky I've got a 4S and I've got an iPad Cyril. That's a third generation for the uninitiated. Um, so pretty much everything's going to work on it. Yeah, one one thing that is useful is the do not disturb. What? So no more buzzing in the bedroom? That's the one. Yes. That I did like. The minute he he brought that up, I thought that is so cool because I use my phone and my iPad in my demonstrations and my webinars and it's actually quite difficult to turn everything off. So if I'm demoing with my phone, I can't go into airplane mode or I, I can't you I can't demo it. I can't get the screen on reflection 
to share the screen. So I have to leave certain things turned on. It's very difficult to, you know, not take calls. How do you not take calls? So I can turn off certain things, but I can't turn off other things. So I thought that had potential. I quite liked that. Yeah, and the uh, the other handy feature, I think, is that new auto-reply, where if, if the phone rings and you can't take it, say you're in a meeting, um, it gives you a choice of a... There's, I think there's about half a dozen options, isn't there? Um, to be honest, I can sort of see in your situation with a meeting that might be useful. To me, I was waiting for him to, to go on to, to say something about stopping calls. So personally speaking, I would have preferred a ring again and I'll disembowel your button. <laughs> I like that, yeah. But there was nothing um, for, for call barring, was there? No, and I know a couple of people that I work with who have got iPhones. Uh, once actually particularly asked me, is it possible to block an individual number on the iPhone? And it's not. I don't think that is possible. I think it can you be say done. You can do it via your cellular provider. Yeah, I remember looking it up, and I think it can be done, but it depends on your carrier. So mm. you know, I think you you said this before. You know, it it's got to be then possible via the phone, physically via the phone. It must be. It must be. But um, yeah, all I've done is I've I've taken a number and I've changed the the you know the description of that number so it'll say you know do not answer. Um, so if somebody rings me and it's <laughs> it's um, you know, an insurance company chasing me or whatever, um, it, I'll just leave it ring because it says do not answer. I could not be doing with that. I mean, there's, they're not even giving you anything to help with that. It isn't as though you could create a do not answer group mm. and then assign um, a silent ringtone to it yeah. so it doesn't ring. And if your phone's on silent, then it would vibrate irrespective of what ringtone was set so blocking numbers would have been far more useful to me but short of that no i i wasn't overly thrilled with that no a lot a lot of the stuff also as i said is is now siri based um there was things things like the sports and stuff like that wasn't there it demoed well it really really demoed well but i just can't see that many people using it in that kind of way could just be me maybe it did mention that the it supported English Premier Football, so that might be useful. But there again, my first thought, my my absolute first thought with that was, what about the fixture rights? Yeah, because I use iFooty, and um, I think at the beginning you you used to be able to go in there and and see all the fixtures, and then they got a, a telling off from the the FA or the league uh, due to copyright issues. I mean, literally, they have copyrighted the fixture list. So how iFooty works now, because I've got iFooty too, you can, there is a button and it says fixtures. So you've chosen your team, you tap this button for fixtures, and instead of it just showing you the upcoming fixtures, it comes up with a message. And it says, do you, do you want to, you know, I mean, it explains the problem that they're copyrighted to the FA. And it said, do you want to open this page in Safari, which means I've got to go out of my app and then go back into Safari, look at what I want to look at, and then go back to iFooty. Or you can view it within a browser within iFooty which is what I want to do. But they have to put this sort of legal disclaimer thing in. So I'm honestly not sure how it would work if I'm saying, you know, who are United playing a week on Sunday? Mm. Have they paid for it? Does it count? You know, I have no idea what's going to happen with that. That was my first thought. I thought, you know, I mean, we've said this before. It didn't used to be like that with football. And now they've got you stitched up seven ways from Sunday. And I honestly, it could really hamper the, the, the use of it. It may not work quite as seamlessly as it did in the demonstration because of copyright issues, nothing to do with the technology. Yeah. We shall just have to wait and see on that one, mm. I think. And then there was mm, my favourite, turn-by-turn <laughs> navigation. Oh, joy. Are you thrilled by that? No. <laughs> no, I can't say I am. I, th I feel I am the only person who is not thrilled by turn-by-turn -turn navigation. Apart from me. My attitude? Learn to read a map. It's simple. I just find it would is it not distracting i would find my phone sat there telling me to turn in 10 yards quite distracting there's plenty of people that use sat nav now so you know maybe they should write in and tell us what the benefits are yes tell us all about turn by turn sat nav my, my abiding memory of turn by turn sat nav is um derek on his way home stuck under a tree no signal oh yes didn't know where he was now, you see, Derek, if you'd had an A to Z, 
this wouldn't have caused a problem. <laughs> or Google Maps and print it off. I'm honestly not sure about that. I mean, I said to you, do you remember that viral video of the woman walking through a shopping mall and she was texting? Yeah, I remember And that. she went headfirst into a fountain? Yeah. I'm just grateful she wasn't driving with turn-by-turn sat-nav on. Mm. So that would be my opinion on that. Maybe not. It, I wouldn't... If he's there, I'll have a look at it, have a go with it, but not when I'm driving. I turn my phone... This, this, this will scare people. I turn my phone off. Not only do I put it on silent, I actually turn my phone off if I'm driving. There is never any excuse to use a phone for anything when you're driving. Simple as that. But I think I have a very old-fashioned mentality there. But there again, I'm not driving about killing people on the roads. Accident levels have gone up, you know. Have they? Mmm. And that's where I used to work. Traffic accidents. Yes, they put me in the traffic accident department. And they, they were shooting up. So, And all of a sudden, we've got more... More devices when you're driving. I think the two could be related. So I'm I'm not keen on that. But I love to hear from MacBiters who are. Tell me what I'm missing and then I'll give it a go. Maybe. But I doubt it. And then there was iCloud tabs, which you said you were thrilled about and then changed your mind. Yeah, what what I'm saying is that I can see where Apple are going and I can see, you know, these features are great. And if you go back, you know, 20 years ago, even 30, 40 years ago, and, and they're going to put a man on the moon uh, and you'd never think it would happen and it's futuristic. Well, you know, things like, I'll, I'll come back to iCloud tabs in a minute, but things like Passbook, it's a great idea and, you know, to have all your electronic um, boarding passes and cinema tickets and whatever else on your phone and you just swipe it and it's and it works and it's all futuristic so you know g great but things like iCloud tabs and again you know it's great you can start reading well my understanding is you start reading a web page um, whilst you're out on one device and then you know you log in on another device and it's there and it's at the same point you left off but for me i'd probably be reading it on you know in bed on the ipad or out with the dog on the iphone and then i come in i want to carry on reading it but i'd, I'd be opening chrome because that's my preferred browser it's to tempt you back into into the apple bosom well, if they <laughs> if they stop Safari crashing and speed it up, then uh, maybe I would be tempted back. Well, they've added that um, single URL bar now. At least the search is now integrated because that totally stopped me using Safari. I stopped using Safari because it was crashing right and left and it was very, very slow. But once I'd started using Chrome, every time I went back to Safari, the one thing that annoyed me even more than the crashing and the speed was that I was typing stuff in the URL bar and it wouldn't search for it. it just generated an error. I'm the same. I'm the same because I now have IE and Chrome on my machine at work and I'm forever in IE typing search terms straight into the URL bar and surprise, surprise, it tries to go to whatever my search term was dot com. Mm, that could be very dangerous. <laughs> I can see where they're going with it and I think it's one of those things that if you try it and you get used to it, you'll think this is genius why didn't i think about this before i think you might find that you like that i for me it's going to depend on how i actually use it and confession time it's quite common for me to have quite a few tabs open in a browser for which read upwards of 30 and i wouldn't want them all opening on my ipad so maybe I'd have to change how I worked. That's the thing. You have to work the way that Apple want you to work. If you had two or three tabs open and something happened and you literally had to grab your iPad and run, then you could literally just carry on. The device becomes irrelevant. It's what you were doing. So I can see it may have a benefit, but to, to use that properly at the moment, you would have to use Safari on the desktop. So we shall just have to see whether Safari tempts us back at MacBytes headquarters. Yeah, there was also single app mode as well, wasn't there? And uh, I think you'll be having fun with that at uh, MacBytes HQ. Oh, I definitely could, couldn't I? Yes. Um, parental controls on steroids, I think. <laughs> yeah. There was also Facebook integration. Now, you know, I don't even use a Twitter integration. I've got a, a separate app, so I can't see me using that. And uh, photos in mail. Well, Sparrow's had that. So, well, Sparrow's still got that. Uh, <laughs> so I can't see me using that either. So as I've said, great features, but just the way I work, um, I don't see many benefits. So you're not going to upgrade? You heard it here first, folks. I didn't answer the question. 
Mm, believe you me, two minutes after it's out, you'll be there. I, I think the Facebook... I mean, I'm not big on Facebook, as people know. Not, not great with Facebook. Um, the Twitter integration thing, though, one of the benefits... And I know with Facebook, the idea is you only have one account. Um, obviously, I've got more than one account with Twitter, but it's actually quite useful to have the account set up at system level so you don't have to juggle around with passwords. So from that perspective, that may be a benefit, but I, I'm not going to be Facebooking like crazy just because I can. People will be glad <laughs> to hear. <laughs> it, that would be a, a passing trend, I think. As long as Facebook's not compulsory, we're okay. But we were force-fed something else, weren't we, that I wasn't particularly impressed with. And that's the features for China. Yes, why do we have features for China? Well, because it's a huge market and it'll generate a lot of money for Apple. I just didn't think that it needed pointing out quite as much as it was in the keynote. Mm, true. So, seeing as you're not buying anything and you've got money to burn, how about a Drobo? Oh, yes, the dreaded Drobos. Um, I've never gone for a Drobo. I did fancy a drobo a good few years ago when they first came out and you were bombarded with how wonderful a drobo was i did think this would be nice i do have a lot of hard drives and i have a lot of storage to manage so i did look into it and once i'd looked into it i thought no way no way at all um but i am seeing that drobo has i mean you even know the name you don't say a raid array you say a drobo so um, they've done incredibly well, but I sensed this week the tide was finally turning. And all I can say is about time, to be honest. Um, Drobo have been great at getting buy-in from luminaries in the Mac community, the internet community, photography community. They've been brilliant at that. Um, it's actually felt to me at times that everybody has been recommending them. And to be honest, that's easy if you're giving away freebies. Um they are very responsive to suggestions, apparently, which is all very well. What's happened this week is um, Scott Kelby of NAP fame has put out a blog post, I'm done with Drobo, and I was, I was surprised at the title. So uh, I read the print off the article, and um, upshot is his Drobo's broken and he can't get to his photos. Well, hello, that's what's going to happen if you've only got one Drobo. Most people only have one Drobo. Now, I think he has three I think he's got one at work and he's got another one at home. So fantastic. As long as you can afford to buy more than one Drobo, then you'll be fine. Um, because you can take drives out of one Drobo and put them into another Drobo. Obviously, you'd have to if your Drobo broke. Um, so his has packed up and he's got no access to his original photos was his problem. So um, Drobo read his piece and they were very responsive. They came up with suggestions. He can buy some kind of extended warranty and they will send him a new one and all the rest of it. But to be honest, I thought, well, if I'd have written that on my blog post, what were the chances they'd see that? You know, they're going to be swayed by somebody as well known and with as much influence as Scott Kelby. But that's not going to help the average user who doesn't have that level of clout. Um, but they were being lauded for it, you know, it was um, an at least their listening mentality, which I must admit, I don't understand. It's fine. But when Apple refused point blank to confirm, deny any rumours, veer from their path, people say that they're right as well. Now, you can't tell me that the Drobo approach of we're listening is a good thing. And then in the next breath, say, and Apple don't listen. And that's a good thing, too. You know, it's got to be one way or the other. And um, RAID solutions do have their place, but you've got to be aware of the potential pitfalls of using them as well as the benefits. And Drobo have been fantastic at getting the benefits out there, all this hot swapping and increasing your storage capacity all seamlessly where you can carry on working. All of that's fantastic. It's not Drobo's job to spend as much time and effort giving you the other side, though, is it? So it's up to you to scrutinise your own personal situation and make your own mind up, which was what I did. I really wanted one. You remember me really wanting one, don't you? Because you remember the price. I do. But I, yeah. I didn't blindly accept what Drobo had to say. Um, even more so, I didn't blindly accept what any of the internet pundits had to say. They've got a vested interest in saying it a lot of the time, not all the time, maybe, but a lot of the time they do. They're sponsored. They've got freebies, whatever. I had to make my own mind up and no two situations are identical. The benefits, as I say, are very clearly sold, but the negatives and the gotchas, they're just not that clear. 
So you need to be clear about them before you buy. And um, I made the decision not to go that route. And I can because it is the Drobo itself. It's not the drives that are the point of failure. If a drive breaks, you take one out, you put a new one in and it regenerates. And that is the selling point of it. What they're not telling you is that if the Drobo fails, so there's nothing wrong with your drives. If the Drobo fails, your drives are fine, your photos are fine, but you've got no access to them. Like I say, the tide seems to be turning odd that people have only just realised. I know that if you've got this extended warranty, they'll deal with it. But if you have only got the one Drobo and it's not working and they are dealing with it, then you're waiting until a new Drobo arrives. That to me, that's not the best solution. Certainly don't rely on the Drobo. If it's for convenience, absolutely fine. But don't rely on it. And, and the best answer is, is to have two, I suppose, which is a great sales pitch for them isn't it don't buy one buy two and then you're quite secure what i do is if i buy a drive any drive be it a pen drive up to i think the biggest drive i've got is three terabytes i don't buy one i buy two and they are mirrored to each other and then they will be backed up somewhere else as well so that holds good with the drobo and any raid solution if you're going to buy one what if they stop making it? What if they go bankrupt? What if you, what if, what if, what if? There are lots of what ifs and you just need to look at your own situation and, and go through the what ifs. And I thought, why didn't Scott Kelby think about the what ifs before now? And all he did say, there was one line in it and he said, I can hear what you're saying. We told you so. So obviously some people had had the alternative view already and um, they had uh, given him the benefit of their opinion. But he didn't agree with them until now, until he has no access to his photos and now he's changed his mind. So um, I'm glad I didn't get a Drobo when I wanted one. Um, in terms of the, the benefit that they really do push, that you have no downtime when a drive fails, neither do I. Because what I do is when a drive fails and drives fail all the time, that is not unusual. When a drive fails, I unplug it, I plug in its twin and I carry on. At that point, I take the third copy of my data and I regenerate that to a new, what will become third backup copy. So everything bumps up one and that's how I do it. I know it makes buying drives expensive because pretty much you need a minimum of two. And in my case, I, I tend to have three. Um, but that's what you've got to do. It's your data and you've got to look after it. Don't rely on any single point of failure. So go back and look at your systems. We're always hearing, aren't we, from Gaz on a Friday. Do your backups. Have you backed up? Have you checked your backups are working? Indeed, I'd, I'd extend that, Gaz. Make sure that um, you've looked at everything and make sure that it's all safe and all backed up. So I thought if I'm not spending money on Apple Kit and I don't want a Drobo, I've got a much more affordable indulgence. Are you ready? It's a nice little treat. Yeah. It's um, a four port hub. It's only USB 2, but I still think it's a very nice little treat. And um, the MapBiters might recall a rather nice little four port hub. I think it was last year. Do you remember the little square one? It was about two inches square and it was in plastic, black or white. And it had a That's glowing right. Apple logo on it. It wasn't an Apple yeah. product, but it looked so nice. We all dashed off to eBay to buy them. There are there are talk of drawers full of these things. <clears throat> I'm saying nothing. But they were very nice. They worked very well, to be honest, for the price. They were only about seven or eight pounds. Well, this one is um, this is four port USB two hub. But this one is aluminium or aluminium. It's aluminium, really. But, you know, um, so, yes, it looks a little bit like the keyboard. It's a very, very nice product. In fact, it's worthy of an ooh. So what did you think of it? I think I heard an ooh from you when you looked at it. Yeah, it's a very nice piece of kit. And it's definitely worth an ooh from me. Do you know the only problem? No. It's not available from Amazon.co.uk. Oh. Mm. I need a tame American willing to send me one is what I need that I can reimburse. It's so annoying when you see something and you think that is gorgeous. And instantly, oh, it's Amazon.com. Oh, it's all right. I'll click the change my store button and nothing. But Amazon, yes, not good. But I shall hand over to you for your iTunes um, story. Debacle. Uh, no, no, mine's a debacle. No, you carry on. Can't we all have, can't we both have debacles? Given this week, why not? <laughs> Yes, I've been spending money as well. I've been buying um, iTunes vouchers. As, as people who listen regularly know, we 
we spend quite a lot of money on iTunes vouchers mainly because we don't have credit cards uh, on our iTunes accounts. So with it being Father's Day this weekend, there's quite a few offers on and the, the best offers seem to be that at Tesco's you could get um, £10 off uh, if you bought three £15 vouchers. So basically minimum 50, uh, £45 of vouchers for £35. So what we did is we bought 18 vouchers um, which came to £210 so we would have saved £60. You see, you've got the maths all pat, haven't you? You actually worked it out for me, didn't you? I did. Yeah. And well, I knew it would end in tears if I didn't. Yes, it very nearly did. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for anybody who, who's... Um, Had their head in a bucket of sand. Yes, for anybody who's not um, bought iTunes uh, vouchers before, you can't just buy them and, and take them away. The, every card that you buy has to be scanned at the checkout um, and then that activates it because otherwise if you get it home you just type the number into iTunes if it hasn't been activated then it's it's not actually a valid card so I guess it puts people off stealing them doesn't it because if you steal them uh, they're worthless they are but if a lot of people don't know that um, you could send sell them on I'm sure yeah. there are people going around pubs saying, you know, do you want an iTunes voucher? And people don't know they need to be activated. Yeah. So anyway, back to my story. I, I went to one of the checkouts with these 18 cards. And of course, each one has to be scanned through individually. And uh, turns out that three of the cards didn't scan properly. So the, the checkout lady had to call a supervisor and she had to scan them through. Meanwhile, you know, there's uh, half a dozen people uh, behind me in the queue. Who are loving you at this point. Yes. The first issue was that she said, uh, that'll be £280, please. And, you know, I'd already worked out that, you know, it was £210 um, the, with the discount. And that would have, that should full price have come to 270 not 280 So, you know, there was something <laughs> wrong somewhere. So I said to her, I said, there's an offer on. She said, uh, doesn't say that here. It never does. Have you noticed this? So I had to explain. I had to say, well, you know, over on the shelf where uh, where I got them from, there's a big banner and it says that if you buy three £15 vouchers, you get £10 off. So she had to call the supervisor back and the supervisor had to go away and check the offer details. And yes, the information was on the stand. So, you know, meanwhile, about three or four people had joined this queue behind me and, you know, doing their Friday night shopping. And I know what I'm like in Tesco. Well, I know what I'm like any time when there's a queue. So I'm sure these people, I'm sure I wasn't flavour of the month with these people. So the uh, the supervisor comes back and she logs in and you know she scans these cards and takes the discount off, and she says you know that'll be a hundred and ninety eight pounds thirty three. I thought, well that's an odd number, but it's yeah. You know, Fantastic! Than... How does she work that out? So you get ten pounds off, and it was a round number to start with. And the answer's hundred ninety eight thirty three. <laughs> So at this point, it just clicked in my mind. Yeah, there must have been at least one card that hadn't been scanned. But, you know, there was now a big queue. The queue was now out the door. <laughs> well, not quite, but getting there. There was a bigger queue behind me. Also, the supervisor gave me this look as if to say, it's a lot cheaper than you thought. So, so you know, go away. Yeah, so we're going to give you something that you can't possibly use, but go away with it anyway. So what I did is... I. I've, I've got to go through and check them all. It's the process we do, isn't it, when yep. we bought them. So I found an empty checkout at the end of the store, uh, laid out all the receipts on the checkout, laid out all the cards, and then proceeded to play Snap. Fabulous. Checking the number on the card and finding the receipt with the same number, putting them together. So five minutes later, I've got one iTunes card with no matching receipt. So I went off to customer services and the lad who served me wasn't sure what to do. So he asked his colleague and she wasn't sure either. You know, I've never done one of these before. Brilliant. So he had to ring upstairs and speak to the manager in, uh, in, in her ivory tower. And apparently once scanned, the iTunes vouchers can't be refunded because the easiest thing to do, I guess, would have been to refund me too and then do a separate transaction for those two plus the one that hadn't scanned. Mm -hmm. 
So in the end, the manager agreed to sell me that one card for £5, which the, the, the lad on the customer services successfully scanned. So all in all, we had 198 plus 5. Uh, we actually ended up about £7 better off. It's a wonder how Tesco make a profit, really, isn't it? But uh, that was my farce. And then I ended up having to do the normal Friday night shopping. You were a bit late back that night, weren't you? I was. Yeah, but, yeah. but not, my name was Mud as well, wasn't it? No, but I said it gives us some nice content for the show. <laughs> I blame Derek. Derek tempts us with these offers. Derek, <laughs> Derek is red hot finding offers. And the Tesco one was the best offer. And that was how come you ended up in Tesco's. Derek can go shopping first <laughs> next time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm foreseeing a whole new career here for Derek. He could, he could spend all his time, every waking minute, buying vouchers and then selling them on to people. That would work brilliantly, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, it's not difficult, but nobody in these stores has a clue how to do their own job. If I did my job like that, I, I'd be sacked. And I'm sure you'd be the same. You yes. can't do your job that badly. But I, I love the, um, we can't give you the money back and um, we can't sell you this one. So what are we going to do? And then they end up at £7 out of pocket. Unbelievable. Should we go on to uh, debacle number two? Oh, yes. Because not to be outdone by Mike's shopping shenanigans, I had my own retail fun and games this week with Amazon. Mm. I was waiting for the announcements for WWDC because I thought I might be tempted with a little bit of hardware, you know, as you do. Um, I was particularly thinking new iMac and um, I really wanted the MacBook Air. So what what I was going to need in terms of the whole kit, so things like mice and trackpads and monitors and stuff, was going to depend on WWDC. And seeing as though there was nothing for me to buy, I can't believe I'm saying there's nothing for me to buy, um, I had a quick look at the kit and decided I was going to replace my secondary monitor in the studio, which is somewhat ancient i think it's a 17 inch it is a widescreen but it's very tiny sat next to my 27 inch imac the only reason it is that small is that the one that i had um, in my main office broke so i had to take the one from my studio and put that in my office because i spend more time working in there which left me with this really tiny secondary monitor and so it was for a good few months because i was waiting for wwdc so it's not working very well, this monitor I might have. The colour was a bit dodgy on it. So it was working, but after a fashion. So what I did was I went swiftly online and I ordered a twin of the 24-inch 1080p monitor I've got in my office. So I ordered it on Wednesday for delivery on Friday via Amazon, which was all well and good until HDNL got involved. For anybody who doesn't know, that is Home Delivery Network Limited. Yes. Not much to do with home and certainly nothing to do with delivery, I'm afraid. But there wasn't a panic because it was only a replacement monitor and it wasn't replacing one that was completely broken. It was just not big enough and the colour was a bit dodgy. But then disaster struck and on Thursday night, the old monitor died. Tech toys have feelings too, you know. Clearly, indeed. So, Friday. I'm waiting for delivery. Friday wasn't a good day. If you recall, it was raining and it was raining heavily. And I was laughing on Twitter with Carrie as she was saying, I've got one coming Royal Mail. And I said, I'm supposed to have Home Delivery Network coming, so I'm not holding my breath. And it was a good job that I didn't. It didn't arrive. So, of course, by five o'clock, I'm thinking, not pleased, not pleased. I thought, well, I'll get on to Amazon to find out that um, they deliver up to 10 p.m. Yes, think that through. 10pm on a Friday. By the time you're certain it's not coming, they've closed. I thought that was quite clever. So you can speak to them. That's 10 pence a minute on a landline and a lot more than that on a mobile. That's per minute. Uh, I didn't bother. I didn't bother speaking to them, but I did get onto Amazon. They had no idea when it would arrive. And what's more, they had no idea where it actually was. That reminds me of... Um they stole my laptop. Yes, they stole my monitor. So I, I penned them a, a little billy-doo, just inquiring politely when I could expect delivery. And I got a reply. This was sort of late on on Friday night, very, very late on Friday night, um, imploring me to wait a little longer. Hmm. So I'm reading this reply and it was very short paragraphs. You know, the copied and pasted style of reply. 
Yeah. Where the whole thing reads completely disjointedly, but if you read each paragraph as a separate point, it sort of addresses what you've said. So they asked that I wait a little longer, air quotes, and then suggested that um, the little longer be until the 21st of June. That would be eight days from the original order. I fear this isn't going to end well for Amazon. I think you're right, Siri. So, roll on Saturday morning. Still no monitor. I decide I'll reply to Amazon. Because this eight days they were talking about, there was no guarantee that there would be a resolution on the eighth day. It was eight days and then we'll think about looking into it. Um, it also clearly said that it's not their policy to send a replacement. And this was when I noticed another paragraph, obviously again, copied and pasted in. This paragraph referred to my strong comments. Strong comments. I thought my initial mail was perfectly polite. They should see you when you're really angry. To be honest, the comment about the strong comments annoyed me just as much as the non-delivery. That was when I decided to show them what strong really meant. A scorch marks on the keyboard then. Well, ending their mail with, and I quote, did I solve your problem, was the opening I needed, really. Let's just say I was glad I wasn't on the receiving end of that one, shall we? Indeed. Not that it ever seems to do any good. Are you kidding? This is my mistress you're talking about. Mac bites and so does Elaine. Let's just say there's another monitor on the way arriving Monday, together with compensation for my inconvenience. So, you've won and I've won. Indeed. Good week, yes. all round. Yes. But now, time for the app review. Yeah, a few weeks ago, I delivered a webinar for MacBytes Learning on Cloudon, which is a free app for the iPad and for Android tablets. It allows you to create, view and edit Word, Excel and PowerPoint files on your device. Now, you're probably thinking, so what, aren't you? I must admit, biting tongue there, absolutely. I'm thrilled so far, but do carry on. Is this review going to be littered with sarcastic no, comments? No, not a word. Not a single word. Good, good. Okay. Well, the interface is actually Office 2010, so it's got the ribbon, it's got big toolbar buttons, which actually suit your your fingers um, a lot better than having having small buttons from like the older versions. You've even got the, the cross in the right-hand corner, so uh, for any Windows users, it has that familiar interface. Well, yeah, we've got thousands of Windows users on the MacBytes podcast. Carry on. You're right. I've shut up. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> It includes an integrated PDF viewer and an image viewer, which supports all popular image formats. Now, no files are actually stored locally. All the files are stored in the cloud. It supports, at the moment, Dropbox, Box and Google Drive. Um, I, they will probably support more services in the future, but at the moment, it supports those three. In fact, Office itself is actually running on a server. So the app that's installed on your device, I suppose you'd call it an interface to a remotely running version of Office. And for that reason, you've got to be connected to the internet to use it. It does have some file management features as well. So you can do things like rename, delete, move, copy files. The latest version they released, I think it was last week or the week before, you can drag and drop to move files from one folder to another. You can send a file to someone via email and you can also send an email to someone that's got a link to the file. So what it does is it creates uh, basically an alphanumeric string to that file, which is a link. So whether it's stored on your Dropbox, your, your, your box or your Google Drive. Once the app's installed, you create an account by entering your email address and making up a password, and then you link the app to at least one of the services. You don't have to do all three at the beginning. Uh, the other services can be added later, and away you go. Now, I reckon there's probably about 90% of the, uh, the features from the desktop versions of Office there. So in Excel, you've got pivot tables, you've got charts, you've got spark lines. It even supports things like VBA and smart art. Oh, joy. Smart art. You're thinking of word art. Oh, I am. You're right. Yes. Smart oh, no, smart art. art's the good one, isn't it? Smart I am. I'm thinking one. word yes. art. I, I, was, yes. I was mentally scarred with word art many years ago. <laughs> Take that back. Never got over it. Yes, it's, it's um, same as Comic Sans, isn't it? Yeah, never got over that either. No. 
Word supports things like page numbers, headers and footers, table of contents, cross-references. You can create tables and do um, all the formatting of tables. Uh, and it's got things like track changes and comments. So, you know, I think that's that's a really, really handy feature because it could be that you're sitting on a train, you've got a document um, that you need to go through and you can put in comments, you can enable the track changes and go through that. And then when you, you put it back on your desktop or you hand it over to somebody else, uh, all your comments are there. PowerPoint supports transitions and animations. I'm saying nothing. I pause to see if you would. Nothing. Slide layouts, uh, speakers notes. Um, you can run a slideshow from there. You can even set up custom shows. So it it is a good 90% of the, the desktop version. There are other apps. Uh, there's things like Office 2 HD. There's Quick Office Pro. There's Documents to Go. Now, not only do they actually cost money, they do support additional services. They they allow you to do things like insert images from the camera roll, which Cloudon doesn't at the moment. I'm sure that will be a, a supported feature in the future. They do have uh, an offline mode and they do support printing. So you might think, well, you know, I'll pay my money and I get those extra features. But having done some testing, I found that those apps really, um, they don't support charts in Excel. So if you've built a chart in Excel on your desktop and then you open the file in one of those apps, then it actually, it, it will either strip out the chart so you'll lose it. Fantastic. Or it will just hide it. And if you make some changes and go back and save it and then you know round trip it, open it on your desktop, the chart will be there. But if you've opened it on the device, you're going to be either be thinking, where's the chart? Or if it's a file someone else has given you, you're not even going to be aware that the chart's there. They don't support pivot tables. They can't open um, Excel macro enable files. Uh, pivot tables that were on, the, uh, on an Excel file created on the desktop are converted to, to static text and numbers. So... In conclusion, I think it really depends what you want. If you want to just be able to create a basic spreadsheet, document, presentation that can be saved in Office format, um, and you want to be able to open basic Office files offline, then use one of those other apps. If you want the full Office interface, all the power, then Cloudon's the way to go for me. I'd find the idea that you were losing content scary. I do. I do. And it's, it wasn't until I'd, I'd done a comparison with these other apps that you actually realise, because somebody asked, somebody said at the webinar, what's the, you know, what's the benefit of Cloudon? And I hadn't really gone into those other apps at that point. But having done some testing and done some comparison, you're right. There's a, a lot of the functionality isn't there. It's really just a, an on-the-go um app that makes spreadsheets, word process documents and, and uh, presentations that just happen to support the Microsoft Office format. I personally would only use them as a viewer, but the idea that there's part of the file that you're not seeing and it isn't giving you any indication that it's there either. So that's sort of worse than useless. But I'm thinking if it was your only copy, especially yeah. if you've got... Do, do these other apps, the ones that you pay for, do they link in with Dropbox as well? Yeah, they, they link in with Dropbox, Box, Google Docs. Uh, they also support um, other services, which I hadn't heard of before, but things like Alfresco, um, Ignite and Sooner, which are cloud services that are actually based at, uh, aimed at companies. See, the thing is, with Dropbox, you can always roll back, can't you? You've got versioning on Dropbox. Yes. But if you've got it stored somewhere else, I mean, I've got a SkyDrive account. I have no idea if it supports rollback. But if it didn't and you opened it in that app and you saved it, then it's gone. Mm. You are relying on a, on a third party, in this case Dropbox, to get you back to where you were in the first place. Yeah. And if the changes you've made to the file that you've then saved back, you need them. Then you've got to take two copies of the file. You'd have to take a copy of, of the current file, then roll it back to the old file and then try and merge the contents. Yeah. It's horrible. If you just wanted a viewer, then you've also got Goodreader, which can, can open Office files and just view them. I must admit, I can honestly say in all the while, 
easy five years, I have never had the need to open an office document from anybody. I just ask for a PDF and be done. Yeah. You can't do that. But I can see in your case... Yeah, we had, a, spread, we had a spreadsheet which had some, some codes in that we needed to use every week to, to record our time. And I just stored that in Goodreader and just opened it up every week. Of course, all this will be um, resolved when Microsoft bring out proper Office, do you think? Or not? Uh, yeah, Microsoft bring out proper... I, there's rumours, isn't there? There's plenty November. of rumours. We, we don't know. We don't do rumours, though, so we'll wait and see. I'm not sure how... Um, what features would be missing from that? It would be a Revision 1 product, wouldn't it? Mm. Despite the fact they've had over two years to think about rolling it out, even if they did put it on iPad and maybe iPhone, it would still be a Revision 1 product, whereas these office suites have had so much longer and they're ripping out stuff. It would freak me out. The testing that you would need to do on that would be quite extensive before I'd be prepared to trust it in any way at all. Yeah. In the meanwhile, though, if you want to look at Cloudon, I've written a short review on my blog and I've put the recording of the webinar on my YouTube channel. So uh, for anybody who does want to look, I will stick a, a link in the show notes. But now it's time for Mac Love Bites. Yeah, and this week we heard from Jonathan, who said, Well, guys, I thought it was about time that I sent in a love bite or two. Each episode I say to myself, I need to send one in. Well, today's the day. What do I like about MacBytes the most? Well, it has to be the personality of the hosts, Elaine and Mike. Great characters whom constantly play off each other's humour make it a joy to listen to. Their humour and rants are, of course, kept in check with the latest addition to MacBytes, MacBytes Siri. He does what he can to keep them in check. However, I do think on occasions he's fighting a losing battle. Their technology knowledge is second to none, and an episode doesn't go by without either Elaine or Mike carrying out an experiment or two for their listeners' benefit of not what to do, cough, cough, lion. <laughs> Podcasts aside, I followed Elaine and Mike on Twitter, and they've offered me advice and been an avenue for me to vent my frustration out on in my quest to become a lawyer, drawing on their own experience. We're good like that, aren't we? Well, I don't know about my experience of being a lawyer. <laughs> well, you've done the police end of it. That's true. Having never met Elaine or Mike in person, I feel as if I know them well enough to invite them into my boudoir every few weeks with MacBytes and MacBytes Learn. Ooh! Has anybody told Mummy Isaacs? Mmm. Mmm. Siri, I'm sorry, I just don't feel as if we know each other enough yet. However, I'm sure the time will come. Charming. Lots of love. Lord Justice Jonathan. Good grief. How much did that ringing endorsement cost you guys? Nothing! You should know us better than that by now, Siri. Anyway, Jonathan's exams are now over. And he should be listening to this episode while flying to New York for a little break. New York. Mm. Student life isn't what it was, is it? I lived on pot noodles for four years and worked two jobs. Here we go. When I were a lass. There will be a reenactment of the four Yorkshire men sketch next. Thank you! Anyway, as I was saying, law exams, hard going. So fingers crossed for very happy news shortly for Jonathan. Yes, and thank you for that, that wonderful Mac Love Bites. I'm, I'm all overcome. Really? Yes. yes, thank you very, very much, Jonathan. We're so glad that you enjoy it so much. Okay, so on to feedback and comments. Yes, we heard from McJim. McJim the Real. He's tempting me again with software. Luckily, it's free. He took my lead, didn't he, last he week? He did. Mm. He says, have you seen Cobook? It's an alternative to a dress book, and it's bro. A bit like Sparrow in looks, very clean and simple to use too. So, I headed off to have a look. I had looked at it when it was in beta, but it was so long ago, I don't know why I didn't stick with it. Anyway, it's in the Mac App Store. So, I toddled off to have a look. Very nice. Um, only problem I've got with it, McJim, I'm trying to reduce what I've got in the menu bar. And you've been a very naughty boy and tempted me to add another icon. <laughs> but yes, it's a big improvement because I don't like the interface on Lion to address book. It's not good at all, I don't think. Does anybody? 
Yeah, I, I just prefer the old one. It, I mean, I remember saying when I very first got the Mac, it was a bit basic. But to be honest, it just did everything you needed. So why they changed it to the monstrosity that it is now, I have no idea. So I can see me using that. I can. So uh, very nice, McJim. I shall get Mike onto it and he can do one of his reviews, you know, where he tells you the punchline up front. We'll get on with one of those. I didn't do that today, did I? No, makes a change. Yeah, and we also heard from Billy Walker, who said on another topic, I was intrigued by Elaine's trials and tribulations with her mother's iTunes after the last update. I have two iPods that sync on my iTunes account. A touch for photos, apps, films and stuff. A fifth gen nano for music and podcasts because I find it handy in my pocket. Along comes an Apple iTunes update. No nano sync. Ah, do you remember my shuffle? I do remember Mm. your shuffle. That was great fun. Appears on my desktop when connected, but not in iTunes. Nothing in the desktop icon to say sync. Nothing in preferences to say sync. Eventually, iTunes got the idea. I had to unplug the Nano without permission, reconnect, and then turn off at the wall. I have auto on with a remote main switch. Left it for a few hours, and finally it worked and is continuing to work. Thanks for it, your entertainment guys, LOL. You are very welcome, Billy. Yes, this iTunes update business is going from bad to worse isn't it we you know we we didn't see itunes 11 no doubt that'll be kept in reserve for for entertainment in september i've had similar with a shuffle um i can't remember all the details but the short version was i plugged my shuffle in and it didn't want to know it couldn't see it at all the apple store was saying so reset it but the thing was i couldn't even do that because it couldn't see it so i couldn't do a thing with it and um, you fixed it in the end. The, the fix was hideous. I forgot what the fix was. It needed plugging into a Windows machine. That's right. So luckily Mike had one way back in the day. And um, yes, plugged it into the Windows machine. It was absolutely fine. And it's worked on the Mac ever since. But that was rather concerning. I wonder so, what the Apple Store would do if you took it in. So you won't be slating Windows any longer, will you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> So glad that Billy's enjoying it anyway. And yes, um, I, I appeared on IMP, International Mac Podcast, with Alistair Jenks. And um, I'm assuming that's where you found me, Alistair. He downloaded MacBytes and he enjoyed it. So he has joined the MacBytes family. He said he started listening in the car while waiting for someone and loves the banter. She'll be a regular listen. And he particularly enjoyed Jane's review. Yeah, that was the second half of the uh, MacBytes marathon. You need to hear the first half. Very, very funny. And if you're trying to work out all things MacBytesery, then you need to look at MacBytes 64, which was MacBytes the iBook. That had a full history in, didn't it? That's the one. It was like a This Is Your Life for the podcast. Yes, I'm just waiting for Eamon Andrews to come out the woodwork. You'll have a long wait. <laughs> yes, but I can highly recommend MacBytes 64 the iBook. Uh, still available from the website, Mike? Yes. Miss, Mr. Webmaster? I think so. You haven't so. got a clue, have you? <laughs> no. You better check. Because <laughs> that one wouldn't be in iTunes. Uh, and we also heard from Nigel. I, I, I figured afterwards we would when I mentioned iPad Nigel. Yes, Nigel CW says that one's got my name on it. And congratulations to Nigel, who has just acquired an iPad Cyril. Excellent well done, timing, Nige. I think. Are you jealous now? No. You're yes. not bothered with an <laughs> iPad Cyril, are you? I'm concerned. I'm concerned there's something wrong with you. So congratulations on your new purchase. The book is still available from the uh, show notes on episode 64. We also heard from a Mr. Roy Hodgson this week, which won't mean a thing to anybody who doesn't follow football, but it did to you. Was it the Roy Hodgson? Well, that was the point. It was a comment on the show notes, and it's uh, well, no, it wasn't the show notes. It was the no, it was the uh, post for the WWDC live, Matt Bites live, and um, Roy Hodgson. For those who don't know, England manager, and the comment was, "I'll be watching England play like any normal person." Well, Roy, mm, we did both, didn't we? We did. We had um, WWDC on what? How many W's in yes, that? Uh, WWDC <laughs> on one screen, the football on the other. Yes, on the smaller yes. one. Yes, it was a draw. It wasn't the most exciting game I've ever seen. Nor was WWDC. <laughs> now, now, there was lots to see. Just because you weren't taking with lots, it all. Not, uh, just not lots to There was nothing to buy. to buy and there was no eye work. That's what you mean. Yeah. 
Yes, where's your dock? Last week we asked the map biters to write in and let us know uh, where their dock is, where their dock's positioned. And just ahead at the moment is on the left. The one place mine has never been. Yeah, mine neither. Um, I was actually surprised. We got a lot of folks saying they don't use it. Irrespective of where it is, they don't use it. That surprised me because when I tell people I don't use my dock... I've never heard anybody say, neither do I. I get thrown back at me, well, if you don't use your dock, how on earth do you launch your apps? Um, but no, we heard from lots of people who use LaunchBar or Alfred or even an OS9 style launcher that Carrie said she uses. Now, it's not too late to tell us. And I'd like to know as well, are you using a dual monitor setup or not? And does it make a difference to where you have your dock? Because that was why, historically, mine was on the right. So um, still time to write in and let us know. Inquiring minds need to know. And I'd like to say a big thank you to everybody who gave us a like on Facebook this week. You know I'm not good with Facebook, but it is much appreciated and I'm getting there. Honest. Also, um, big, big thanks to um, all those who have left comments in the iTunes store. Uh, we mentioned that way back in January or February. And if you remember, that was when the furry one got ill. And I've only just managed to catch up with all the comments that you've left. So a big, big thank you to all of you who have left comments. They are really, truly much appreciated. Thank you so much. And thank you from me too. Uh, much appreciated. As, uh, as you say, thank you very much, everyone. And moving on to events. Yes, we've got the start of our iWorks series this week, looking at pages. If Apple can't be bothered showing iWorks some love, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I use Word more than Pages, so I'm looking forward to learning something. I use Pages way more than Word. Yes, it's going to be 8 o'clock on Thursday. Don't miss the pre-show chat. It's never the same if you miss the pre-show <laughs> chat. Um, this is when Jane sorts out the pecking order for the shower. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, you've clearly never had the pleasure of a MacBytes Live, or indeed, showering with Jane. So there's always something to look forward to. So uh, Thursday night, 21st of June, 8 o'clock. Be there. Yes, be there indeed. Well, that's it. That's it for this episode of MacBytes. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions, your comments, your queries by email to macbytesuk at gmail.com. Use the contact form on the website or send us an audio file. Leave us a comment on the show notes at macbytes.co.uk. And don't forget to keep sending in your love bites and give us a like on Facebook. Sign up for the newsletter at macbytes.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at MacBytes. At, no. You've done it again. <laughs> Classic. Follow I did not put you off. I did not. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles. And you can follow me at twitter.com slash MacBytesSiri. So until the next time, this has been Mike and Elaine bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. Are we all excited about the Microsoft announcement on Monday? What? I think I might have a virus or something. I told you not to stare at that nude and hairy photo of Minster for too long.